the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's hour two. That means around 6.06. And I'm Randy Corcoran. So good to have you here on 710KNUS. Our phone number, 303-696-1971. 303-696-1971. Don't forget that we spring forward tonight. So just get used to it. You're losing an hour of sleep, and it's going to take you six months to get that back when we fall back a little more than six months, actually. But I, I, for one, love daylight savings time. It makes for a lot more Harley riding and a lot more outdoor activities. I got uh, little grandchildren now, grandsons who are riding dirt bikes and stuff. So I'm for all the sun that we can get. Don't forget our Arapaho Tea Party meeting is Tuesday. And uh, we're going to invite the newly elected officers of the Republican Party to be there. We also invited somebody from Power to the Parents to come by and bring some of those Freedom Works um, parent parents' rights handbooks that they'll be giving out tomorrow at their event at St. Thomas More Catholic Church. Jimmy Sangenberger will be emceeing that event. And by the way, if you went on the Eventbrite for a Rappo Tea Party and it was sold out, I have loosened up some tickets there. And uh, you should be able to do okay. If you don't know how to find that, just send us an email to Party at gmail.com, Party at gmail.com, and we will get you on. So we're going to bring on uh, Priscilla Ron in just a couple of minutes. And uh, But when we left the end of the first hour, we'd gone through the first ballot, my opening remarks and some of the things that went on in the first ballot and the results, and then the second ballot and the results – which um, which really made it very clear that it was either going to be Eric Odlin, the former congressional candidate from CD7, or Dave Williams, the former state representative from El Paso County. And clearly, that, that was a demarcation. You know, um, Eric was running on the unity platform, sort of, and um, the and Dave Williams was running as a just a rock-ribbed conservative and constitutionalist, but both men, very articulate, very passionate, very talented, uh, just really no way to know how this was going to go. At the end of this vote, um, Dave had 44%, Eric had 39 and now all the machinations started. And I will tell you, uh, from the day one when this race, you know, when we got into this race, I, of course I had people asking me for an endorsement, will you stand on the stage, will you nominate me? And I, as I said in those opening remarks I shared with you, I thought because of my role, I feel obligated to keep my preferences to myself. And I managed to do that right up till the end of this second vote. So the next things that happened were uh, Tina Peters dropped out, Kevin Lundberg dropped out, Casper Stockham dropped out, uh, eventually Kevin McCarney dropped out as well, and... uh, Tina Peters and Kevin Lundberg threw their support vocally uh, over some objection by the chair. She said that was a violation of the rules. They shouted out their support now for Dave Williams. So now we've got the conservative side and the more uh, unity side of the party uh, dividing those lines. I was a little surprised at Christie. I, I don't know what I didn't recall the rule about that, but I just remember when she got elected, 
that um, she was Casper Stockham, Scott Gessler were her opponents. And after the first vote, Casper went up on the stage and said, I'm withdrawing my nomination and I'm throwing my support behind Christie. And so that seems appropriate to me. Um, some of the, you've got some weight if you've run for some office for that office. You've got vo- people who voted for you, and you ought to be able to use that as you gracefully exit. Uh, but Christie was none too happy that Lundberg and Tina Peters uh, vocally shouted out their support for Dave Williams. So then we had the final vote. And listen, man, after this, uh, during the first vote, when it was pretty clear that it was going to be a Dave or Eric Odlin show. Um, people were saying, man, you've got to endorse, you've got to endorse. And I said, no, 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 but I don't want to do that. I've got to work with whoever. By the second vote, uh, I was convinced because I too, you know, I feel like there are two sides of this party and, uh, and I wanted to give a try with the other side of the party, the, the, the victory over unity party, the, um, constitutional conservative, you know, the old tea party Patriot line. And based on the reception I got in that room, uh, I knew that my endorsement was going to be worth a lot because um, I got massive uh, applause in my just my brief remarks early in the morning and a lot of people coming up and talking to me. And when I w- was elected as Republican National Committee man, I got uh, – I think it was 43, 44 percent of the vote in a five-person race – and and I got more votes than my next two closest competitors, Eli Bremer and Bill Cadman, combined. So I knew that the the heart and soul of the actual ground level Republicans who do the work of the committees and the parties, and the door knocking and all those things, uh, were with you know my take on where we need to go with this party. So. I broke down and uh, and I agreed to send out an endorsement and it was put into a blast text and uh, and it had a picture of me standing next to Dave Williams with my thumbs up and it said this this is National Committee man Randy Corcoran I am publicly endorsing Dave Williams based on the second vote it's clear that our party is choosing one of two directions growth through compromise again or growth through persuasion that we are right. It means too much to me to stay silent any longer. Unity's great. I want victory. Vote for Dave Williams. And that got blasted out to the 400 uh, voting members there at the Central Committee meeting. So have no idea what kind of impact that had. Why don't you go ahead and get Priscilla on the phone for us. We'll talk to her in just a second. I have no idea what kind of impact that had, but here are the final results Uh, recorded by a friend right from the stage of the Colorado Republican Central Committee meeting. Madam Chairwoman, ballot number three for the office of chairman. There were 386 ballots cast, representing 375 votes. There were zero illegal votes for ineligible candidates. Thus, there were 375 legal votes cast. The number of ballots required for election is a majority equaling more than 189 ballots for votes cast. Candidate Eric Odlin received 170 votes 
45.2%. Candidate David Williams received 206 votes. is actually a video <coughs> that was sent to me and it's pretty cool other candidates running up uh, hugging Dave and and very good and that's that's pretty well where it ends Christy invited Dave up to speak we did not get those remarks but we will have Dave Williams the newly elected chair of the Colorado State GOP join us at seven o'clock but right now I'm so pleased and grateful to um, bring on a real novice, you know, someone who's never uh, run a uh, party before, been a part of party leadership or ever, ever, ever been on the radio, except practically every week with George Brockler. Uh, maybe it was once a month. I don't remember. But the newly reelected vice chair of the Colorado State GOP with almost two thirds of the vote, Priscilla Ron joins us this evening. Priscilla, welcome back to the show. Hi, Randy. Thanks for having me on. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. I uh, did you did you expect it to be such a blowout? I mean, how, what was your feeling going in? And listen, no disrespect to Todd Watkins, but uh, this is a pretty significant victory. And uh, did how did you feel going in? Well, I felt like you know I had prayed, and I always ask God to open doors and shut doors, you know, and. I knew I had given it my very best for two years, and um, I had two years of going around the state and meeting folks and talking with them, so I felt like I had done a good job, but, you know, there were some endorsements that came out for Todd, and and they were he- they're heavy hitters, and so I thought, you know, nothing's in the bag, and I continued to work and talk with my fellow Republicans until the very, very last minute. And at that, at that point, I, I, I did everything I could do. And so, I mean, people were encouraging me and saying, you know, you've got it, you've got it, don't worry. But you never know until that final vote comes out. So, you know, I was cautiously optimistic. Yeah, it's, it's just virtually impossible to feel comfortable about anything like that, especially in a room like that. Because, I mean, did you see, well, you were sitting up at front at, up front at the table with, uh, with the lawyer and the parliamentarian. And so when I asked if how many people in that room were first time voting members of the Colorado Central Committee, I couldn't believe the number of hands that went up. Mm-hmm. That's a mm-hmm. huge percentage. That's that's really exciting, and it's a it's really a testament to how we've worked across the state to encourage people to get involved, um, and they all had to campaign as well, you know, to get where they are. So yeah. these are people who are really invested in in the change in the future of Colorado. Well, it just, uh, it was heartwarming to me to see so many, and, and that, that made it, had to make it virtually impossible for you to predict, because you can't possibly have talked to all those new people, so... Um, I'll tell you what, I think incumbency does have some benefits. Obviously, name recognition, a lot of people in that room are people that you've had contact with. Plus, you got to give the vice chair report 
um, which which you did, but it was also quite a campaign push. And I was all the way at the back of the room, a big, big room, up against the wall. People were constantly lobbying me, you know, to, uh, I guess, basically to come out in support of Dave Williams. But um, um, I couldn't believe it when you walked out there and the way you opened your vice chairman remarks was by acapella singing God Bless America. Wow, that takes some guts. Yeah, I had been encouraged for the last two years to sing more. Um, people know I'm a music teacher, and music is uniting. And I, when I was thinking about it, I was going back and forth whether or not I was going to open with a song. Um, but I use a strategy that I used as a teacher. Uh, and I, I thought, what's the best way to unite people? Because, you know, when you go up there and you do a speech, people are having side conversations. They're walking around. And it's not really polite to be like, everybody be quiet and listen to what I have to say. And the one way that I used to bring my students and, you know, uh, get their minds ready to learn is I use music. I use some sort of activity. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to I'm going to do something to try to unite us because that's why we're together rather than say, hey, everybody, we have to be united because we've been saying that for a while now. I thought, well, instead of saying it, let's just do it. And um, I didn't think I was going to get that reaction, but I was so happy that for a moment in time, we were all lockstep together in faith and happiness and belief and allegiance to our country, which is the greatest country on the planet. And so it, it really did warm my heart. And for people who weren't there, obviously, they wouldn't know that what happened after you started to sing is that first a few and then a few more. And then within a matter of seconds, everybody in that room was on their feet and singing God Bless America with you. It was a powerful, powerful moment. I'll never forget that moment. And um, it was sincere and uh, I'm not the greatest singer in the world, uh, so I thought, well, if I crack, I crack. It'll be on somebody's, <laughs> you know, recording forever. So I, I was a risk taker for sure. Well, you you sounded great, and you should sing more. It was it was just wonderful. So I, you know, you've done this for two years. Um, smart people or people like me who've watched what you and Christy and everybody else went through for those two years. I guess the first question is. Why would you take it on again, especially vice chair? It's not a paid position. I mean, you are giving of your own treasure and especially your own time and talents. That's a great question. You know, as I've been working in the community, I've built some really great relationships. Uh, most notably for me is in the Ethiopian and Liberian communities where the, the Ethiopian community endorsed all of our Republican candidates. Several of the leaders actually changed their party affiliation to Republican. And Am Salu, who's one of the leaders in the Ethiopian community there in Arapahoe County, uh, went to his first reorg meeting and ran for bonus member because we were just trying to wrap our arms around him and say, come get involved. And he took a chance. Now, he didn't win, but he was actually a teller today. He was invited to come, and he was so excited to be with us in the Republican Party. And that brings a, a whole entire community. In fact, uh, the leadership reached out to me and said, we're going to be in D.C. with a delegation, and we'd love to meet with a Republican congressman. Can you help us? And I said, sure. I called up 
Congressman Ken Buck, and he said, I'd absolutely love to meet with them. So we're all flying to D.C. and on the 28th, for, for me, it's exciting, too, because it'll be the first time that I will be in D.C. with a congressman in their office. And I've, I've dreamed of this, you know. So why am I doing this again? Because there's still more work to be done. Um, the, the relationships are growing. And it kind of takes two years to learn the ropes. And now I can see where some of the, the blind spots are in our party and continue to help uh, deliver some some great resources to all of our our counties. Well, it's you said a great question, but it was a terrific answer as well. And you know, the Republican National Committee man position is a four year position, so I I didn't haven't had to run again or anything. But I agree with you a hundred percent. The first meeting I went, I was just like. Uh, a kid in a candy factory trying to figure out where to be and what's next and who do I talk to and who's sort of on our side of the Republican aisle and who are the folks who are, you know, trying to take us a different direction. And I felt like I knew nothing. Within two years, I felt very comfortable, very related uh, and relatable to to everybody there uh, because I had a better understanding of how things worked and, and who they are. And so, um, yeah, you you need some time. You can't... Uh, you can't just roll in and roll out, and I think that's one of the uh, uh, going to be the interesting things to see how how Dave Williams works on the run. How well do you know Dave Williams? Well, I've gotten to know him over the past couple of years. Um, you know, I interact with uh, bonus members and legislators across the state um, quite often. So, you know, I, I have a cordial relationship with him, as, as I do with so many people across the state. So, uh, whereas I don't know him extremely well, I, I know who he is. We've had conversations before. And so, um, I'm ready to support our leadership. And um, I, I think I'm just going to bring my talents and the things that I know how to do best in order to help us be successful and win as many elections as we can. Well, one thing that I was disappointed in um after you and Christy were elected and we had our first first meeting was that there was a motion on the floor. It was brought by Casper Stockham to authorize uh, really a, a pretty small sum, $5,000 for you to make use of in your, not to pay you, not to, you know, not as a salary. You were going to use those funds for um, for outreach, the, the things that you did uh, so well over the last couple of years. And that got turned down. So I am very hopeful that uh, that an idea like that to empower you more, give you more uh, support and, and staff, uh, because, you know, you're very personable. You're very warm. Uh, you love doing this. I can tell. And so um, I hope that uh, the new Republican Party can empower you just a little bit as we launch into this next. Can you believe we've got a presidential cycle coming up? <laughs> And I know we got stuff to do this year, and it's very some of the most important. These are actually races out there that Republicans can win, uh, school boards, uh, mayor races, things like that. So I know we've got a lot to do, but just looking ahead, the big picture, uh, back for another presidential, it's going to be very, very exciting. Yes, it, I'm. I'm looking forward to reaching more voters, even yes, the unaffiliated voters, because we can't win without them, and we need them, but we need our base as well, and. So we've got to um, persuade our base that we're serious about listening to them and 
Um, I talked a lot about transparency. Uh, people need faith in our party. They need faith in our platform. And so there's many, many ways to skin a cat. We've got to figure out how we reach more voters uh, with our platform and, and our ideas and just relate to people. Like you said, you're also very relatable as well. And I think um, that's what people are looking for. We have plenty of things to fix. Amen to that. Yeah, we do. I, you know, I had what I would call, and I'm not using this in a negative term, but probably the most establishment meeting that I've had during my tenure as Republican National Committee man with uh, uh, with people that are trying to, you know, make something good happen in Colorado. And and one of the things that I hope you will help me take to everybody out there who says, you know, we've got to keep moderating and run to the middle. Colorado is so blue right now. Uh, what you said before, we have got to energize our base, and we have to remember that some of those unaffiliated, uh, and I hear from more and more of them, are not unaffiliated because the Republican Party has gone to conservative, to pro-life, all the horrible things that Republicans do in Colorado, but because we've walked away from those principles as a party and people have washed their hands of it. We need to focus on getting those folks back while we explain to others why our policies are better for them, even if they don't, uh, you know, toe the same sort of um, ideological line that we do. And, uh, and But I think it can be done, and we've got nothing to lose. I mean, look what happened last year. We've got nothing to lose. So, Priscilla, congratulations. Um, the floor is yours if you have a last comment to this audience. I know we'll have you on many, many times in the years, two years to come. But congratulations. Well done. And uh, what do you have to say to everybody? Well, thank you for having me on. My last comment would be for those who are listening who really want to get involved, reach out to the state party figure out what you're really passionate about, what you want to volunteer to do. And I'm sure we can create a committee um, to, to pursue all of the things that we know that we can do. But I'm looking forward to growing our party and, you know, solving some of the problems that are impacting people, especially our most vulnerable people so negatively in our state. We can do it. One thing I think that we should really focus on, and you know, I'm on the executive committee of the state party, that's one of the benefits of being national committee man, is we've got to get our website more user-friendly. It's got to be updated with uh, what's going on and, and, and news snippets. It's just a dead zone, and that's where everybody goes to start. Collogop dot org. Uh, let's make that an attractive starting point and a sort of a, a, a map way into everything that we as a party and we as uh, the people that support this party have to offer. I love it. Let's do it. All right. God bless you. Have a good night. Uh, when are you going to start drinking? Uh, in, in, in about half an hour. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got about an hour and a half before I could even consider it, but... Uh, um, all right, Priscilla. It was wonderful to see you today, and uh, I know I'll see you again soon. Take good care. You too. God bless. Bye. Oh, God bless. And we are very late on the break. We're going to jump right to it, and then uh, we will move on. We will be joined at the top of the hour by uh, the newly elected chair of the Colorado State GOP, Dave Williams. See what he's got in mind, but uh, let's change topics when we come back and maybe hear from the QAnon shaman who was so integral in this effort to take down the federal government. You idiots who think this is an insurrection. Give me a break. 710 KNUS. 
Indeed. And we are halfway through the show at 634. I'm Randy Corcoran. Great to have you here. We're going to grab some phone calls here in just a minute. A couple things I do need to do, though. And one is to remind you that the Democrats in control, the Colorado freak show, want to allow so-called safe injection sites. We all know what a horrible idea that is. Let addicts show up, get high on illegal drugs, heroin, meth, no consequence, save their life. A magnet is just the worst. These safe sites bring in trash and crime, and as far as I'm concerned, and I've never seen any evidence to the contrary, only encourage addiction. I hope you'll help us kill this bill. Go to 710canus.com, click on the Colorado Undivided Banner, and sign our petition to tell Governor Polis to veto House Bill 1202. Veto House Bill 1202 to stop safe injection sites. And this public service announcement is brought to you by Deep Colorado Wells IEC registered agent Stephen Wells, not authorized by any candidate or candidates committee. Joan's our first caller of the night, and she was at the assembly today up there in Loveland. Joan in Lakewood, welcome back to the show. Hi, Randy. It was good to see your remarks, and it was a really nice um, – I really enjoyed myself, and I think the thing that really touched my heart was the um, paper ballots. Um, they did and worked very hard at making us feel that um, election integrity was happening. And, yeah, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think Christy Burton-Brown heard the voice of the committee, and um, – the, the problem, and how do you feel when we come around next year? Because next year, for instance, if I run for election, there will be 4,000 people voting. Because it's not just the uh, Central Committee, it's delegates, and, uh, uh, well, delegates are added into the mix. And so um, I, I don't see, we'd still be down there on the first ballot, I think, if we had 4,000 votes. I guess you could bring in more people to do the counting, but, man, that's an awful lot for candidates to watch. What do you think about electronic voting, you know, the the little ones that you can – you have a code and you can go online. You can use your special number to see how your vote was recorded and all of that. Are you uncomfortable with, with all of that in any circumstance? Um, when we elected um, KBB, um, we used um, Matt Crane's. Um, phone system, and that was very uncomfortable to me because um, it wasn't that he didn't know who we were. He knew who we were. Um, not everybody knew who we were, but I didn't feel like it was. And and then I had a problem. I, I got the first two votes through, and then the third one, um, I couldn't get it to um, register. It was It was just a problem. And so I have talked to KBB about it. I've said, you know, we can make a combination. We can um, make paper ballots and use um, scantrons like you do when you um, were in, you know, the bubbling thing that you did when you were in junior high school. Um, I think that there are some other kinds of solutions that we can look to. Uh, the paper trail, I think, is important. Um, throwing your vote into an electronic something and just not knowing where it's going and I don't know. The clickers didn't work well either. Um, I was there for that one, and and I can honestly say that assembly didn't go very well either. Um, I don't think we can do paper ballots for the large, large assembly, 
But I can say that I didn't hear anybody complaining about the time it was taking to do what we were doing today. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And and they really did a nice job of managing by, you know, calling the biggest vote first and, uh, you know, getting those the seven candidates, their speeches done, calling that vote. And then while the tellers were counting those ballots, moving on to the next races and, and uh, a good rotation, which uh, I thought was as, as well as can be expected. A lot of, you know, their delays, their flaws. It's, these are people, volunteers mostly. Um, but yeah, I thought it went very, very well and, and kudos to KBB for her final state assembly. What, um, I, I have no idea what, how Dave Williams will approach the next one, which will be a big one, the 4,000 plus members. And, uh, that'll I, I be interesting. Know, but there are people out there that are, and, and, and today was an improvement. And the one thing you needed to see, Randy, was absolutely everybody stayed for the whole vote. Um, the number didn't change from um, vote uh, one, vote two, vote three. They were all the same number of numbers. And so there weren't people walking out. There weren't people. No. Everybody in that room felt like their vote had integrity and counted. Yeah, I was just getting ready to fill out my proxy when uh, all of a sudden those last-minute machinations with uh, Tina and Kevin Lundberg and everybody dropping out. So we only had a two-man race for the third vote. So I, I stuck around long enough to cast that vote and then had to hop in the car to get over here to do the radio show. So I've just jotted down, um, when we have Dave Williams with us, newly elected chair of the Colorado State GOP at 7 o'clock, we will ask him if he's given any. I mean, I don't want to bombard the guy. He just got through an election and got elected. But uh, we'll ask him if he's got any thoughts about we how we handle the larger assemblies given our, our membership's clear propensity toward paper ballots. A great observation, Joan. Thanks for calling, and thanks for uh, coming out, spending a Saturday to get the work of the party done. It's very important. We appreciate um, it. Tell Dave that um, I went to his party. They had all these little sweet parties on Friday night, and I went to Dave's party, and he had the best cookies. So I'm sitting here <laughs> I cannot vote just on the basis of a cookie. So, but I didn't. But I just wanted to say that um, it was fun and it was good to see people and it was just good. And, uh, that's a great point, too, because, for instance, my election as committee man was virtual. We were right in the middle of COVID. And so it was all online, all Zoom, Zoom debates, electronic voting. It was, uh, it was just, it's so nice to be around people again and people who are not walking around with their useless, stupid-looking masks and, uh, you know, wanting to make sure we're six feet apart still. I can't believe that is still going on with everything we know post-COVID. But, uh, Joan, great call. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful weekend. Bye. Bye. 641, and um, I don't know. I guess we'll save this Jacob Chasney audio for when we come back. We're going to cut to our break so we've got a good segment on the other side do you want to remind you though about the arapaho tea party real quick let me just check i opened up 20 more tickets and let's see what we got left if anybody's paying attention tonight oh my goodness <laughs> we got six left so i've got probably room to open up 10 or 15 more tell you what i will do that on the break i'll add another 10 so if you're still trying to get into the arapaho tea party uh, we're hitting near that 100 number, but um, send us an email, arapoteaparty at gmail.com, if you can't find the link on Eventbrite. 
Just go there and look for a wrap No charge, of course. Next Tuesday, 630. We're going to see about getting um, some of these newly elected officers to join us. And, uh, man, I've got some reports on legal action that's going on. And uh, we'll just update you on a whole bunch of stuff next Tuesday. But right now, let's take our break at 642. Wake up here with Randy Corcoran, 710 KNUS. <sighs> the last uh, guitar player for Leonard Skinner passed away last week, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, those were my concert days. Freebird and... Mm-mm-mm. Aging out here, baby. 647, we're down to 44 degrees in Aurora, 48 over there in hell. And just looking ahead at the weather, looks like um, a little cooler tomorrow, 46, but then 55 on Monday, 62 on Tuesday, 65 on Wednesday. And then we head down again, might even snow on Thursday, 60% chance, they say right now. So you know this time of year in Colorado, but man, oh man, daylight savings time kicks in tomorrow. We get to lose an hour of sleep. Don't forget to launch your clock forward before you go to bed so you're not late for church or you're not late for the Power to the Parents event Sunday at 2.30 at the St. Thomas More Catholic Church. I am quite sure you will be well adjusted to the time change by the time we get around to our Arapaho Tea Party meeting next Tuesday, 6.30 at the South Metro Fire Rescue Building. I mentioned before the break that we were getting close to 100 tickets, so I went ahead and opened it up to the final max of tickets that I ever feel safe doing over there. It's 110. And uh, when I refreshed, it was you were already at 100. So you guys are grabbing them fast. Should be an excellent show. I'm going to invite Dave Williams, the newly elected state chair, to come talk to you guys and introduce everybody, see what's on his mind. Really looking forward to sort of introducing him to the RNC because – as I mentioned in those opening remarks to the committee this morning that I read or um, sort of read because I didn't read the same remarks there, but the same ideas that I I think I gave in the opening first hour of the show, um, he, along with me and RNC committee woman Vera Ortegon, will be the three voting members on the national GOP as we head into these next two years, including the presidential 2024, and Dave will get to go. I mean, it is really, really cool. And uh, I know he's got a long drive back to El Paso, so we're going to reach out to him at about 7.05. But while we've got just a few minutes here, um, Thursday I was just incensed on the Stephen Tubb show. I was incensed after spending, and I didn't watch the whole Tucker show. I just don't have much time for that anymore. But I did watch some clips and saw some of the audio that he or the video that he played. As you know, Kevin McCarthy handed over to him the 40,000 hours of videotape that were not uh, per, that were not provided to the J6 defendants and their lawyers. It's outrageous. Even Elon Musk tweeted about this today, and he said that uh, that these J6ers should be released. And anyone who was convicted by a jury should be uh, retried, without a doubt, with all of the evidence available. And anybody who took a plea bargain, because, listen, I, I'm, I do criminal defense work as a lawyer. You get charged with a federal felony that has 10 or 15 or 20 years uh, available to sentence you in a climate like this in a Washington, D.C. courtroom with some of these judges who really have shown evidence of 
uh, I don't know about prejudging, but definitely political bias in their the the comments that they've made. I I just uh, I hate that this is what parts of our judicial system have come to. And there are a ton of great judges out there, and many you'd never know what their politics are. But from what I've seen, you don't see a lot of them in Washington D.C. And you know I haven't been in every courtroom. I haven't read every ruling, so it's a maybe a gross overstatement or a gross generalization, but um, really, really frightening, some of the sentences that have been handed down. And especially now that uh, we've seen what it was like in the Capitol on January 6th for Jacob Chasney, the so-called QAnon shaman, shaman, shaman. Yeah, I'm real good with this. A QAnon shaman, Um, the guy with the Viking hat. Was walking around with an American flag, who was convicted and sentenced to 41 months in federal prison. And if you watched any of these videos, if you haven't, go find them. Just Google or don't Google. Duck, duck, go. Whatever you use, Tucker uh, and his Monday show where he played and he played it. I think again the next day uh, because this part is so very important. This Jacob Chasney, a a veteran apparently with mental health issues, um, was literally being escorted around the inside of the Capitol. You see video of him walking in peacefully with others who were walking between the lines on the red carpet between the uh, the uh, the the railings or the uh, the they're soft, but whatever you call them, uh, like any sightseer would, like any tourist would. And. He gets into the back areas of the Capitol, and the police, are the armed police, the guy's got no weapon, posing no threat, armed police just walking around, talking to him. They're trying doors for him uh, to see if they're locked, and then they let him in and walk in to the chamber, the House, is it the Senate or the House chamber? I don't remember, but walk into the chamber, and they just walk in with him. And I played this, uh, the part where he prayed. The first thing he did when he got in there was he prayed for these police officers. So he was interviewed from his prison cell by uh, definitely left wing, you know, the typical corrupt, coordinated, Democrat controlled media machine, 60 minutes uh, on Prime. I think on, or not Prime, what's it called? Uh, Paramount, Paramount Plus, Paramount TV. It's a CBS vehicle, and they do a bunch of sort of spinoffs that they still call 60 Minutes. And I don't know who this woman was. I didn't bother to get down her name because you could just you'll hear this, the, the tone in her voice and the way she was just looking at this imprisoned, uh, probably troubled human being. One of the most unjust things that I have ever seen in our just. Well, I shouldn't say that there is tremendous injustice all the time. But this is front and center, and it's happening to dozens and dozens and dozens who are still in jail, still even awaiting their trial two-plus years later. These people are still singing the national anthem together at, I think, 7 o'clock Eastern every single night. A record has been made of their... January, their uh, national anthem, the J6 Choir, I think it's called, 
And I don't know if it's a fundraiser or if it's what they're using it for because it's kind of pricey. But I think it's a vinyl record for $99 of these J6ers singing the national anthem. And as I said, Elon Musk tweeting about the fact that Jacob Chasney should be released. This is the so-called QAnon shaman. Your actions on January 6th were an attack on this country. Do you understand that? No, they were not, ma'am. My actions were not an attack on this country. That is incorrect. That is inaccurate entirely. How would you describe them? My actions personally? On January 6th. My actions on January 6th, how would I describe them? Well, I sang a song, and that's a part of shamanism. It's about um, creating positive vibrations in a sacred chamber. I also stop people from stealing and vandalizing that sacred space, the Senate. Okay, I actually stopped somebody from stealing muffins out of the out of the break room. I also said a prayer in that sacred chamber because it was my intention to bring divinity and to bring God back into the Senate. But Jake, legally, you were not allowed to be in what you're calling the sacred chamber. And that is and that is the one very serious regret that I have was believing that when we were waved in by police officers, that it was acceptable. Do you still believe you're a patriot? I consider myself a lover of my country. I consider myself a believer in the Constitution. I consider myself a believer in truth and our founding principles. I consider myself a believer in God. Yeah. The most dangerous man in America, the head of the insurrection. Six or seven. Now, listen. People who broke things, who pushed back on police, who broke through barriers, I have no problem with them being charged. As long as they get due process, they should be allowed to bond out. They should have a fair trial outside of the 93% Democrat-controlled Washington, D.C. That's your jury pool. Trump haters and people who still may honestly believe that this was some kind of an effort at an insurrection, an overthrow of the federal government. My one regret, ma'am, is that I did not belong in the Capitol as the sarcastic 60 Minutes interviewer. Uh, You should see the look on her face as she's uh, watching him. But he believed it because the police walked him in. I thought it was okay because the police waved us in, and now we know he's not lying. We know that the those massive 10-ton doors electrically operated were opened from the inside. We have video of police officers waving people in. I played the Ray Epps compilation on the Stephen Tubbs show Thursday night, the one person most publicly known who incited people to go to the Capitol. We've got to go to the Capitol. We've got to go into the Capitol. Lied about when he left the area because there's video of him later after he testified to the J6 committee when he said that he left. I've been saying this for years now. The truth is coming on stolen elections, on the Communist Party Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus on these damaging and potentially deadly vaccines. The spike in sudden death is outrageously terrifying. 
unreported in the mainstream news. And the truth on January 6th is on its way. Man, oh man, the Great Awakening. I am so proud to be a part of it. So glad to have you along. Into the second hour, final hour, we will kick off with the newly elected chair of the Colorado State GOP. Dave Williams joins us when we return on 710-KNUS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 